Welcome to the Maggot Mighty Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 1. I'm just going to do a little disclaimer now that I'm starting a drinking game that every time I say Season 2, you take a shot because I'm going to be saying a lot. I'm not going to say it a lot. I'm not going to try to say it a lot, but I'm excited. I'm proud. I'm ready. So as many of you know who listen, I basically decided kind of out of nowhere that I was going to end season one. I figured after 30 or 31 episodes, podcast been going for a year, I was like, you know, it's time to give Mama a break. Game of Thrones had ended. Everything was just pretty much, I was like, you know, I feel good. I'm taking a break. I wanted to focus on being truly present in my life, with my relationships, refresh myself wholeheartedly, just get a fresh new perspective, kind of realign my goals, what I want with this podcast, where I want to take this podcast creatively. Um, It just... So I, I allowed for that. And I had a wonderful vacation with family and time off. And Mama is ready to hit the ground running. So I'm so excited for this episode, especially for what we're going to be talking about. I had this opportunity kind of fall into my lap. But I, I do honestly believe that it was the universe, the good old, the good old friend of mine, because I am just in a place where open heart, open mind, accepting things that are coming my way and allowing things to come my way. And what do you know, I get a inbox message from a friend and acting colleague and one that just about lit me up and then good in a good way and then when I see that she's asking if I would like to collaborate with a theater company and that theater company being the Cincinnati Lab Theater and I was like okay well that sounds really cool and then I kept reading And I see two other names that are two out of the three co-founders of the Cincinnati Lab Theater, that being a Robert Allen and an Elizabeth Harris. When I saw those names, I about shit my pants because one, two, were they both were the creator, um, the part co-founders of the certificate acting program that I was involved in in high school that severe, well, That changed my life, but um, I was fortunate enough to actually be a student of Bob Allen's. I cannot say that I have been a student underneath Elizabeth Harris, which is a very sad, sad thing. I I wish I could have because she kicks ass. Um, But I Bob was a very monumental part in my foundation in acting and who I am as a person. And just I owe a lot to who I am to this day to him. So when I saw those names, I was like, oh my God, say no more. I don't even know what you're asking me, but I am jumping on board quicker than I, I, I'm in. And um, let's collab. Let's do it. Like family. Yes, let's, let's go. So I was invited to Cincinnati Lab Theater's 2019 New Works Festival. Now, Cincinnati Lab Theater is a theater organization for established and emerging playwrights and performers and is dedicated to a collaborative creative process that will present established works of drama and develop new plays through a traditional workshop model. Cincinnati Lab Theater will provide a solid platform for artists to cultivate, strengthen, and hone their artistic crafts and talents and offer quality theater for Cincinnati audiences. Now, I am such 
a supporter and a and a lover of the arts. And when I just read, I like couldn't almost believe what I was reading. I was like, oh my God, they're doing it again. Like they're creating yet another program, not even a program. This is an organization that is going to change people's lives and already has been changing people's lives. So Cincinnati Lab Theater is in their sixth producing season. So what I was invited to was essentially a theater festival. So what they have been doing is they, um, Cincinnati Lab is taking two fully staged workshop productions and two original play readings, and they're performing them in a rotating festival repertoire over two weekends, which it has started this past weekend, July 19th, and it runs till July 28th of 2019. So I was honored last night to go and watch one one of the two fully staged workshop productions. Now, for anyone who is not familiar with that terminology, is not familiar with anything that is theater or um, like what's a workshop? What's a production? So the really amazing thing about Cincinnati Lab is they are reaching out and they're becoming a home for it really is as it started local talent, local playwrights submitting their plays, their work, and then taking, you know, taking these plays that have that have never been fleshed out, that have never been put on stage, that have never had actors before. And let's take this, let's put it in a workshop based environment, which what that means is it's just strictly working a collaborative like the actors that have been cast in the parts, the playwright is there, the creative, you know, the creative director, the director, everyone is there and they're running through and they're, it's essentially, they're like creating, they're taking the playwright's vision and creating it for the first time and then performing it in front of an audience. So it's such, I mean, incredible absolutely incredible so I had the absolute honor of um viewing one of the original pieces one of the fully staged pieces which is from start to finish um you know characters in costume with set but the thing about workshop and the thing about when a show is being worked is everything is very minimal because the sets and the costumes, that shit doesn't matter. It's the meat and potatoes that matters. So for someone who has seen a musical at, at the Aronoff, which is just the um, where shows come in Cincinnati, that's my example that I'm using. If you've seen a show there, this is going to be different because that's a that is a show that has gone through every single possible stage and it is at its final and f- and finished stage. This is a show, this is a play, this is a piece that is right at its birth. So it's being birthed, it's being talked, it's being openly discussed. People are playing these parts that the playwright has envisioned in their minds. It's it's the first of hopefully very many steps for the piece. So last night, I was able to um, view The Color of the Leaves that was written by Isaiah Reeves. And the super cool thing about it is, is Isaiah, he's a local, he's a local guy. He's a local kid. He's a, he's actually getting his BFA in playwriting 
at Northern Kentucky right now. He's a senior. And what even blows my mind even more about him is that he is Cincinnati's most produced young playwright. He had in 2018 at um, Cincy Fringe, he um, had that his his play, The Blackface Project, was a city beat critics pick. Um, my God, besides that, The Black Boy in Pink, The Color of the Leaves, which is the show that I was able to see last night in Piccaninny, they are all three of those shows are original pieces by Isaiah, and they are all three being fully staged in 2019. And that's absolutely insane for a student, for a senior student who's graduating. Um, Super cool. So let's talk. So let's talk about the show. So the first off, um, let's let's read a little bit. Let's read a little taste of um, what the color of leaves give a little synopsis of it. So, directed by Caroline Guido Clifford, sent in the 1940s, The Color of the Leaves is a dark examination of family dynamics, personal freedom, and what it means to be a woman fighting for her very existence in a male-dominated world. Now, the show itself, wow, man, was it moving. Super, super moving, super incredible. Um, what makes it even more, what makes a workshop setting for me when I, um, was working scene pieces and just being in that very small, very broken down, I mean, space, it's a very, very intimate space for the audience and the artist. You're very close to one another which I love and it's like you're right there so with this show the color of the leaves of its main theme one of the main themes that runs through the show is abuse and all the different types of abuse so not just the physical abuse in a relationship but verbal abuse sexual abuse so the story is so I know that these are really dark topics, which a little bit darker than what I've normally talked about on this podcast before. But one of the main things, one of my main goals and just for this season alone is to dive into this, to talk about this um, now, obviously, we're not going to go super in depth about, you know, a abuse but we are but this is the main theme of this show so we are going to talk about it um the story takes place it is a four character it's a um four character show that revolves around the story of a married couple who has a very intense and toxic and abusive relationship that is all one-sided um it all stems from the husband, Mark, who himself, through the show and through the interactions with his sister, Georgette, who is one of our other main characters, we can see that there has there was abuse that started in their home, which has now bled down to Mark and Sheila's relationship. So let's back up. So we have Sheila, Mark, and Georgette. Sheila and Mark are married. 
Georgette is Mark's sister. And from their relationship and we and from what we start to see as an audience member that they had a very sick and abusive household, which now leads them to to be very sick and abusive, not only to each other, but to other people. Um, our fourth and final character of the show is Sheila's boss, Ken. And Ken and Sheila have main interaction really throughout the entire show. So what basically starts to happen is Sheila then is starting to... So Mark. Mark's abusive. Mark's a drunk. Mark is sick. Mark is... Not only is Mark all of these things and came from a mentally ill home because he's was abused as a child, but he went off to war and came back home. So that's a whole other mental issue there. Not a mental issue, but that's a whole other mental obstacle that many, 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 many people are dealing with. So there's a lot of sickness. There's a lot of sickness and a lot of history of abuse in Mark's life. And we start to see how that his beginning of abuse and his life all through his life is now affecting his marriage with his wife, where he beats her. He is verbally abusive to her. I'm sure is probably, it's not shown, but I'm sure is probably sexually abusive towards her as well. Um, there's also a very, um, a very kind of incestual relationship between Georgette and Mark, which just goes to show once again that they came from a sick household. So let's back up and let's go, let's talk about Ken. So what's Ken's, what's Ken's deal in this story? Where does Ken come in? So Ken ends up being Sheila's distraction. Okay, so Sheila starts to want to escape, obviously, from this nightmare, this hell that she says that she's living in. And starts this relationship with her boss. Very, very, very innocent relationship with her boss at first that then kind of grows once again, never leaving anything. We don't see anything really physical with Sheila and Ken. It really more so is strictly just an escape for Sheila and really a man just speaking slightly kind to her. But make no mistake, Ken has his own issues. He has his own shit. So when we first meet Ken, the character of Ken, Sheila's boss, we see him in the way that my God, the way that the actor, um, Craig Branch, who played Ken, the way that he immediately hits the stage. I mean, that man came on stage with full force and energy like I had never seen before. And his character, Ken, is this nervous, is this just kind of st stuttery character, just this guy who's just completely whacked out. And we come to find out, well, he's in an abusive relationship with his mother, who he's still living with, who we can hear. Um, we only hear him speak to his mother on the phone. We hear him reference her. We hear him talk about her. We see the way that he is. We can only allude to a very verbally abusive as we're listening to him kind of stutter and stammer and being on the phone with his mother and hearing and seeing the the effect that it has on his this man's character. We see kind of his story start to unfold and we start to see that he's he's in a different kind of abusive household. He's come from a different kind of abusive household. And as the story continues, we start to see a relationship kind of form between Sheila and Ken. But we start to see how 
different kinds of abuse affect our relationships differently. So someone who's been verbally abused their whole life is going to respond and react differently in their relationships and not necess- and not in a good way. Let me say what I'm trying to say about that is, is someone who was verbally abused versus someone who was physically abused, those two people are going to probably act out differently in their relationships just based on those experiences alone. Now, that's not that's not a blanket statement. Obviously, people can react different ways. But when we're watching these characters, it's the way that they're reacting. Um, so really, the foundation of this piece is we're watching abuse, different forms and different types of abuse, abuse that start at the pivotal age, that start in our homes And then when going out into the world, how we then take it and then it affects relationships. And in this case, very serious forms of abuse. So then we see scenes with Sheila and Mark when she goes home to Mark and he's drunk and he comes up to her and it's, it's, it's that, it's that anger, that that I don't know and that I can't experience, but I'm only watching, I'm watching as an audience member and you're, and, and you're watching that abusive relationship of then takes the anger out on, on the wife, which a, a, a pivotal point of the setting of the show, it was set in the 1940s. And I personally enjoyed now Isaiah, the playwright and the director stated that they did choose this setting however this piece can be set really in any time this story is this story is relevant still to this day in 2019 back then in the 1940s but they but they chose it for for style reasons and and for other reasons I personally enjoyed the fact that the setting was in the 1940s it almost made it that much eerier to me watching right in right in front of our eyes some really serious problems that people all over the world are experiencing and now 50 um, over 50 years later you know things haven't changed things haven't gotten better so to me it made it that much eerier to watch now there were very large themes of free will and the free will and that women didn't have in the 1940s which are very big so it made it almost even more um, just e- even more real. I don't want to say exaggerated because that's not what I'm trying to get at. But th- I enjoyed the setting being in the 1940s. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, um, I didn't need it to be present. I didn't need it to be present day. The reason I'm saying this is because really cool after the show, which is something that is a, a part of the New Works Festival, after the pieces are over, you are invited to sit and you are invited to have a talk back session with the with the actors, with the playwright, with the director, with the with the creative directors, and really talk about the issues that are lying in the text, which I think is so amazing and it creates such a safe, a safe environment to for people not in the creative world to come in see a piece, see a show, tap into, tap into maybe things that they wouldn't talk about 
with their family members, with their husband, with their girlfriend, with their boyfriend, with their sister. And it gives us that, which I just enjoy. I, I thought that was such such an amazing to really actually sit after such an intense show with really dark themes, um, very important themes, but very dark themes, and to be able to sit and be able to talk with the audience and have a have a constructive, um, once again, collaborative conversation is just even more so of what Cincinnati Lab is is trying to do and what their purpose and what one of their missions is, and I could not be even more so on board with it. One of the comments that was made um, was that that the show would be would just didn't need to be set in the 1940s or whatever and that it did but I, I I completely disagree with that statement which is why I feel like I needed to speak my piece on my podcast because I truly enjoyed the show um in the setting and like I said I feel like it made it that much um eerier all four actors were extremely captivating during the performance working so well together um it's Scene work is really, really hard. Intimate one-on-one scene work is is hard shit. It's fun hard shit, um, especially when you're right, literally right on top of like an audience of people and you can see faces. It makes it even freaking harder. And the work that the four actors put in was absolutely insane. It was a two, The Color of the Leaves is a two-hour show. Um, there is no intermission. It is worked straight through. Um, but trust me, you'll be on your edge of the seat the entire time. I, I really, really, really truthfully enjoyed each and every single one of the characters. Now, I, I do have to say that the one character that I am just completely and utterly was just absolutely just really captivated by and just found myself really enjoying watching her and was at the same time horrified by her um was Georgette and Natasha Pachman I hope I am pronouncing that correctly was the actress who played Georgette and she did an impeccable job now I'm going to get talk about a little bit more of the things of like that I was just that I keep thinking of, which was the way that she would come in and off, in and out, off and on the stage, because it really was just it, it, she and I and I and I want to say this about all four of the actors, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed was the energy that all four actors had the moment that we saw them come on stage because they exit and enter a lot with the, between the four of them. There are, are two main like scenes and settings is the kitchen at Sheila and Mark's house and Ken's office at obviously the I cannot remember but the place that Sheila works at and we often see them both at the same time because one of the signature one of the signature style signature moves um from playwright playwright Isaiah Reeves excuse me is the split screen so where we're seeing two scene you know two separate like we would see in the movies but we're seeing it on stage we're seeing two separate um scenes two two separate settings at one time so that was a very interesting but very interesting to have all four actors on stage like strongly 
strongly in character, strongly in scene, and kind of watching both and kind of toggling back. That was a very interesting take. Um, but I was just, I was enthralled by Georgette's character, and I, I haven't really gotten to talk a lot about her character. I want to kind of go more in depth. So Georgette is Mark's sister. And like I said, from their interactions, from the text, from the subtext, mainly from the subtext, we get a feeling that there was that there was some serious um, physical, sexual, verbal abuse in Georgette and Mark's household that is now leaked into their relationship as brother and sister and her relationship with Sheila and her relationship with Mark. Um, Georgette's character strongly stands that um, Sheila's lucky. Sheila's lucky to be in a relationship and she should be lucky and she should put up with being having the shit kicked out of her. Um, which is really <laughs> fucked up. But in, in, and in that's such a lame way, and that's just me, such a, such a lame way of saying it. But this, this, this poor, tortured woman who is literally looking at another woman in the eyes and telling her that you, you should be so lucky to be hit. You should be so lucky to have someone who loves you enough to hit you. Yeah, that's some pretty, pretty, pretty deep stuff. Um, watching Natasha's performance just was so, it was so chillingly beautiful. I say that from like an acting standpoint, watching her and just watching her movements, everything was so calculated. Everything was so thought out. She was a master manipulator, um, in this story where she kind of stirs the pot and kind of starts to create havoc, um, later on in the story. I just was so, and I, I kind of fangirled out to her afterwards to um, Natasha. I told her I was, and I was absolutely, absolutely blown away. Um, Craig Branch, who played Ken, like I said, absolutely fantastic energy from the moment that he, the moment that he came on stage in such specific character choices. And I can always, always, always love on a specific character choice. His character was so he had developed his character. I mean, he was completely a person, completely fleshed out 100%, this neurotic, this nervous, this this guy who thinks that he's in love with this girl, but he has no idea of, he has literally no idea of what it is. So he's just going to tell her and tell her and tell her that she needs to be, and just a completely different type of abuse there. And I'm kind of rambling on but I just wanted to make sure that I touched on every single one Aaron Epstein was the actor who played Mark who Aaron was actually a part of the certificate program that I was a part of he was in the year above me and I've actually had the privilege of seeing Aaron um, work and do scenes back in the day back in his high school days to being you know very well established now um, Aaron had a really 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 tough <laughs> they all had tough roles but Eric who played Aaron who played Mark I mean he was absolutely horrifying disgusting ill I mean the level of the level that Aaron brought to Mark because Mark is not Mark is a character that as an actor you want to play, but Mark is not someone from like an audience, you know, from an audience's perspective, you know, we, 
we hate Mark. You hate Mark, but you also have to realize that you hate Mark because no one should ever beat the shit out of a woman. No one should ever lay hands on a woman and do the things and say the things that he does. Mark is also ill. Mark is also severely, severely mentally ill. Does not, does not, you know, excuse the actions that he, that he does. But it gives him a story. So, so, so from an actor's standpoint, I was, you know, Aaron does some really serious work in this show. Some really serious physical work. Um, and not only that, but to, to be the, the mental space to go into playing Mark is, I mean, it's, it's serious. It's serious shit. I mean, I, so I, you know, I told him, I went up to him after the show and I, I said, you've got to be absolutely exhausted. You've got to be absolutely exhausted after playing that. But super, super wonderful, impressed. Um, Aaron's always been so connected in his scene work. I mean, and I'm even thinking back to like really watching him when I remember watching him in his showcase. He's always so present. He's so present with his scene partner. And that's one thing that I, I, I mean, I, I can remember then and I can clearly see it now. I mean, talk about a guy who was there, who was who was connected, who was there for his scene partner. Super awesome. Was super excited to see him and um, in this show. Fantastic. Um, Gabriella. Gabrielle, I'm so sorry, Gabrielle Cogart, who played Sheila, who played um, our ingenue, who played our poor ingenue, struggling and fighting to stay alive, struggling and fighting to stay alive for herself, for her children, and almost being swept away by another mentally ill guy, but then finally realizes that she is going to stand her own. She is going to stand her own, and she is going to stand her own and she has to make a choice. You know, she has to make a choice of what she's going to do. Are we going to stay? Is she going to stay in in her relationship with Mark, which in, you know, in the 40s was such a main thing for women to get married, to be a housewife, to be a good mom, to be a supportive wife, to be a, pre, you know, to look pretty and to smile, look pretty and smile and do nothing else. Um, Gabrielle was so beautifully light and so beautifully controlled. And I loved the way watching, I mean, because her poor character, my God, I mean, if you can only imagine battered wife going through the ringer, the way that she gave this lightness to Sheila was so nice in comparison to the other three characters because the other three characters, um, darkness, some, some, some severe darkness, which is sometimes hard for that type of role when you have three such severe characters and then you're the one like you're the lightness of the show that's a hard job to carry that's a hard job because people are automatically attracted look at me I mean I'm odd like me as an actor I mean I looked at Georgette's role and I was like uh, uh, like a dream but you know looking at what Gabrielle did playing Sheila I mean holding her own and carrying this lightness, this controlledness with her character, um, this strength, which really, really comes out in the final monologue, in Sheila's final monologue. I mean, I looked at, I was looking at her and I was like, this, this really showed 
she really showed her power in her final monologue and I was hanging on her every single word. Um, I would have to mention, absolutely have to mention in this show, the fight and intimacy director, choreographer Aaron Carr, um, because there was a lot of, um, there was depiction of domestic violence. And so whether there was, um, there was stage combat, which was done extremely well, the angles um, that they created for us with the backdrop and the shadowing that they used, um, you know, it was dark and, but she did, she did an impeccable job. I mean, the actors were obviously very well equipped and very well, you know, they, they are very well trained. Um, so all in all, it was an absolute great experience and I highly, highly, highly recommend anyone who is in the Cincinnati area this weekend or who is, you know, living here or is visiting to go out and check out Cincinnati Lab Theater's New Work Festival. It is running all weekend long. Um, the two shows, one that I talked about on this podcast, The Color of the Leaves, will be playing. We have one more opportunity to see it. And that is this Saturday, July 27, 2019 at 8 p.m. And the second body of work, which I am, which I have not seen yet and I am very excited to see, is called A Funny Play for Troubled Times by Charlie Schulman. And it is directed by Elizabeth Harris. And that is going to be playing this weekend, Friday, July 26, 2019 at 8 p.m. And also again, and it's final time, Sunday, July 28, 2019 at 7 p.m. Now, all of the shows are located at Cincinnati Lab Theater's new location, which is Liberty Exhibition Hall at 3938 Spring Grove Avenue. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio. So yeah, like I said, I'm going to be there for the rest of this week because I'm actually going to be going to view the two stage readings, the two fully produced stage readings, which are different than a staged um staged reading is versed different than a staged production so with the stage reading they're going to be essentially the actors will be um standing at typically they're either standing or sitting uh or normally standing and reading reading the show acting it out but it's just that it's just a reading there's no actual physical motion you know movement and blocking um so i'm going to be actually viewing the other two shows this week which um are titled the secret life of bros and the apartment on Yucca. So I'm very excited to see those. But I will be at um, the festival this coming weekend to see um, a funny play for Troubled Times, which I cannot wait to see, which is an absurd comedy, I've been told. Um, but a funny play for Troubled Times. A little bit of a, a little bit of a synopsis for you. So in a world that anticipates our every purchase and emotional need. Will the 99% get it together in time to save themselves? This futuristic comedy forecasts transcendent advances in technology, an animal kingdom in desperate revolt against man, and a hot and heavy interspecies romance. The end of our freedom as citizen consumers has never been this much fun. So that's a little tidbit about um, the other full production, the full workshop production that the New Works Festival is offering that, like I said, I'm going to be seeing that, viewing that this weekend. I absolutely cannot wait. Um, so this has been super cool for me. Both of my worlds kind of colliding. Um, I think of it 
as such as such a gift and it was such a healing moment for me to be back in the theater it's always a healing moment when I step in a theater no matter what kind of theater a black box a workshop space um, a large amphitheater there's just it's just home so it was just really special for me and really special that I could um, share my experience and my thoughts and hopefully I didn't ramble too absurdly much and I made somewhat sense you know that'd be great and that's that's all I can hope for and that's all we can hope for in life is to make a little bit of sense Um, but I really do hope that if if any of this has interest you or you're just wanting to get more involved in, in in the arts locally if you're from Cincinnati live in Cincinnati like I said, going to be visiting Cincinnati, whatever. Um, I I think it would be just really a wonderful way to support local um, local artists. Um, definitely come out and support um, a local if a local playwright, um, Isaiah Reeves. Super exciting, super excited for him, and he's just such a joy and such a light, um, and just so grateful. You can just tell that he's such a passion and he has such a vision, and um, truly 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 it's people like that who are going to change the world so um it was an honor to see one of his works truly and I hope everyone will will check it out I am going to be posting um all of the information on my Instagram and on the Mad Yet Mighty page just so obviously if you like didn't you know can't catch it or don't even feel like reminding it and writing it down you can go to my page and you can check out like I said I'll have all of the information listed where you can find them what times the shows are what dates the shows are um, but I'll have all of that listed thank you so much if you are still listening at this point in the podcast I truly appreciate your time taking time out of your day to hang out with me and to kind of talk about one of my favorite things and one of the things that I absolutely truly love and am truly passionate about which is the arts and I hope you enjoyed this episode please follow me at my personal page at Meg Kelsip M-E-G K-E-L-C-I-P and follow the show's page at Mad Yet Mighty. And like I said, I'll post um, all of the information about Cincinnati Lab Theater's 2019 New Works Festival on socials. It feels great to be back, baby. And I'm excited for season two. And I hope that everyone listening is excited too. So for now, this is it. But until next time, see you guys. Thank you.